Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. What's up, mountain bikers? And thanks for being here, and welcome to another episode of the MTB Tribe Podcast. We're in episode number 57, and I am here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here. I do appreciate you letting me in your earballs. So thanks so much. Now, this week's show is pretty cool. It's very different. How would you fancy mountain biking 282 Scottish mountains? Well, Sean Green from his Grizzly Monroe Diaries is doing just that and we have Sean on the show today. Now, we chat to Sean about everything, how you get interested in mountain biking, how the Grizzly Monroe Diaries came about, how he turned this seemingly crazy idea into reality, how his sponsors help him achieve this crazy, crazy adventure and um, how much effort he had to put in to get help and get ambassadorship and stuff like that because people think it's easy. But Sean tells us how difficult that actually is. We chat about the extra gear that you require to do such a challenge because he's in the snow a lot of the time, he's up very high. We chat about how he goes about organising these rides and, you know, what hikers say to him when they meet him. Because hikers up in these areas have never seen a mountain bike up there before. So it's really something new for the hikers and for Sean. So we chat to him about that. We chat to him about just how you go about motivating yourself to do such a thing. You know, because a lot of the time Sean is out on his own. He's up on these areas he's never been before. He's he's loads and loads of miles away from any help or any other human being. So it takes a bit of guts to do something like this. So it was awesome to get Sean on the show. So if you want to get more involved in the podcast, just simply go to mtb-tribe.com and you can sign up there for a weekly email or you can get in contact with me and I do answer all emails so please do that I like people getting involved it's great if you're listening via iTunes I would really appreciate a share to your friends and um, a five-star rating would be awesome it just lets people see the show and be able to find the show easier and if you're a Stitcher listener like myself thank you so much for doing that I do appreciate it we're also on Spotify you can listen to the show there or you can simply listen to the show via the website so just get involved peeps get in contact i do appreciate it and it's good good bit of banter we have you can find us on socials instagram and facebook at mtb tribe get in contact via there too and i will get back to you i'll stop chatting as usual i will let sean do the talking and introduce sean to the mtb tribe podcast Hi Sean, good evening, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, how are you sir? I'm very, very good, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm good, I can't complain Sean to be honest, um, well I can't complain because it was only 23 degrees today and blustery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a tough life. Yeah, yeah, so listen, thanks so much for coming on the show um, because you've got a great story to tell and I think the listeners will really enjoy it because it's pretty crazy. And, and we'll get into it a wee bit a wee bit later, but just to fill the listeners in, um, Andy Cole got in contact with me, who is a, a very good freelance photographer, and he wrote an article yeah. about what you're doing on Pink Bike. Certainly did, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll put a link and all that uh, to that in the sh- show notes so people can see it because it's a lovely uh, article. The images are amazing on that. Oh, they're absolutely stunning. We're blessed with with gorgeous weather. Um, you know, out of this world summer. You know, the, the, one of the best that I remember certainly. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. It looked amazing, I, I must say. And uh, Andy definitely captured it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yep. So you're doing a thing called the Grizzly Monroe Diaries. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, so for the guys that don't know what that is, just briefly explain what that is and what you plan to do, and then we'll get into it a wee bit deeper <clears throat> later on. Um, basically, it's my attempt at riding all of the Monroes in Scotland. And a Monroe 
is uh, well, it's Scotland's highest peaks, and to qualify as a Monroe, they've got to be over three thousand feet, um, and there's two hundred eighty-two of them um, that have been classified in the past. And my attempt is to to ride them all, um, finding the best single track that the country has to offer, basically. Wow, that sounds very energetic at this time of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's crazy, and we'll get into that a wee bit later, but tell me a wee bit about your background then. So where are you from, Sean? Um, I'm actually, um, I reside on the on the east coast of Scotland, um, just outside the city of Dundee. Um, I've moved about a lot um, through my childhood and stuff, um, but it's always sort of been, you know, within mm-hmm. 30, 40 miles of each other um, around Dundee. Um Cool. So you're born, you're born and bred. Yeah, yeah, born and bred in the east coast. <laughs> cool. So, tell us a wee bit about the landscape there uh, and what it's like. To be honest, there's not that much to write home about on the east coast of Scotland. I mean, it, it's you know to, to an outsider, it's it's pretty to look at, um, but it's very very different from any of the images or video that you'll see. Um, over the course of my project uh, it's a lot flatter um, you know there's, there's not really any rugged mountains at this mm. side of the country um, it's all very when I actually recently I had a, an interview uh, in Cranked magazine mm-hmm. and when Seb the editor was through um, he wanted to get some shots of the truck and uh, we were driving in the countryside because he had this image in his head that he wanted to, to recreate. And he was like, oh, it's all just very like England, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he, you know, he nailed it. Like, you know, the, the east coast of Scotland, are certainly where I am and, you know, much of the rest of the country are very similar. Um, it's it's the west coast where things get exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seb's a good lad, isn't he? We had cranked on he, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, he's an absolute gentleman. Yeah, good fella. So tell us, Sean, how did you get into mountain biking then? Um, I guess it, it just kind of started like like everybody else does. You know, I was really, really young. Um, I just had sort of a Halfords bike um, or the equivalent of, of whatever back then. Um, fully rigid, just riding locally around the house in fields and you know you, you just sort of it goes it goes from one thing to another mm. and then when I was at school um I would have been maybe just started high school I remember there was coverage of the NPS at the time which is now the BDS mm-hmm. um it was on channel four and it just, you know, the, the downhill, it was, it was nothing I'd ever seen before, and it just looked great. And I think then that's when things took a bit more of a turn, uh, and I started saving up my dinner money, saving up my <laughs> paper round money um, to get to get my first downhill bike, which I eventually got, I think, when I was 13. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, and I just sort of snowballed from there to be yeah. honest can you remember that bike um yeah yeah i do my well actually i i tell a lie because my first bike the first when i was really first getting into mountain biking was an apollo and i it looked like it had been kicked through halfords um <laughs> all, all the the brand x stuff and the the pan racer fire xc tires basically with all the money i had i used to go into halfords and you know pick up like what I could, uh-huh. what I'd seen as an upgrade. Um, you know, before I knew anything really, I like um, the way I'm sure a lot of people start. And I was unfortunate that my my shed was broken into, and oh. you know, I, I was heartbroken that oh, this man. bike was gone. They took they took the shed off the hinges, uh, the door off the hinges, and were able to claim back the bike on the house insurance. And then, so I went into Halfords, I think I had a £250 voucher, and I got a, a GT Chucker. Wow. Um, and and that's, that's where it really started. Um, 
and I started riding with some local guys in Dundee. Um, and they, you know, at the time I was maybe just riding psychopaths and, and little bits of the woods and, you know, nothing really at all. Mm-hmm. And they'd, they'd showed me some like local proper tracks and that was it. Then I was really hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then leading on from that was, you know, when I started saving up. I think I maybe done one downhill race on the hardtail. Um, I was entered in juvenile, but I don't think I was old enough to race in juvenile yet. I'd done one race on it, and then I saved all my money up, and I got a, a Cheetah Prowler. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, it was secondhand, but it was just, you know, it was it, like nothing I'd ever ridden before, because I'd only ever had a hardtail or, or, you know, Halford's bikes. So, mm. you know, it was a big step. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Wow, um, yeah, it's a good story, and you know, it's the way a lot of people start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as Halfords get slated, and you know, the diehards, and you know, the bike snobs, like it's it's a huge gateway um, mm-hmm. for people to get into mountain biking. And as as much as like people find negatives, like you know, people getting into the sport can't really be you know a bad thing you know if they're going to be serious about it, these could be future champions and you know mm-hmm. leaders of the pack so you know yeah. welcome them all i say hi and i think halfords isn't really trying to create you know awesome bikes it's got its market no, no. it knows it's market yeah, yeah. Base, you uh, know. absolutely absolutely yeah so i think it's good too i agree i personally agree um so you got into racing then did you yeah yeah that was a uh, that was my initial draw um i raced maybe four or five seasons um uh, of the sdas the the scottish downhill association races um and I, I was hooked um you know i just i wanted to be between the tape and just push myself the best i could and then that all sort of came to a head as i as i grew up you know i got older and then there was there was bills to pay and, you know, there was a, a baby on the way to a, a previous relationship and, you know, things were just a bit more, like, mm-hmm. serious and all of a sudden finding £300 for a weekend in a field to ride my bike wasn't as much of an option. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, like, I think it it's a good test to, like, how committed you are to a sport, really, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, it's great having support of parents and stuff when you're younger and, like, apart from school, you know, all you've got is riding and it, it, it's amazing, and then all of a sudden you have to get, you know, mm. it, all, it all gets a bit serious. But you know, if, if the commitment's there, you know, there's a well, there's a way, sort yeah. of thing. That's true. That's true. So, tell us a wee bit about the mountain bike scene and what it's like there now with you. Um, to be honest, I think, um. Tayside and Fife, you know, I think it's 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 thriving. You know, there's there's some really good bike shops, there's some really good local trails, um there's a local um enduro race, the the Balo Enduro, and that's like that's a huge hit every year. Um so yeah Yeah, like I think, you know, it's got a pretty solid back and it's it's not like some of these other places in the UK that are, you know, mountain bike daft, you know, but there's mm-hmm. definitely there's you know there's some some big characters that's for sure um so okay let's jump into your grizzly monroe diaries then um so you're doing this in most people's eyes pretty crazy adventure of mountain biking 282 scottish mountains now i have to ask this question just i just want to ask it to get it out of the way okay it's probably the one you hear from everybody why why (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be honest it is you know every time i i bump mm. into some walkers when i'm out in the hills that is it's usually the first question why um quite simply is i've i've always done a lot of hill walking in my life um when i was younger my parents you know whenever like would be away sort of every weekend and you know in in the scottish highlands and you know it, it was just part of the way we grew up you know we'd go for a walk and so I've always been into the hills and that's stuck with me as I've grown up and I've liked going for walks and I like good views. And every time I've been on a walk, 
even if there's only 50 meters of amazing single track, I've said to myself, I wish I had my bike. You know, <laughs> if, if nothing else on that hill is rideable, but that 50 meters looks great, then, you know, to me, like, that, that that's it. It was worth it. Mm-hmm. So I think with that sort of ideology and mentality, it, it was a bit of a no-brainer for me. You know, once once everything had aligned, I was like, this this is what I need to do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I need to find the best riding that this country has to offer that that nobody else, you know, has ever been able to capture. Mm-hmm. So... So that's that led from that into your idea to do this. Um, yeah. So when, when did you yeah. first come up with the idea? Um, I'd, I, I'd, I'd done a lot of trail building, um, and it was actually, it was just one of those things, you know. I'd, I'd be digging a couple of nights a week, and then I'd do a bit of riding, and you know, you're riding the same spot, and it's in the trees, and. I've always I've always liked fast and open riding, mm-hmm. and so you know I, on the hill that I was digging on, I'd be looking for you know something just with a bit of that. And from where you are, from where this track is, you know it looks across a big valley, and then at the other side, you could it's the sort of the gateway to the to the highlands, um, and you know the see you see the hills get a bit bigger, and it's just open land. And I always just think, you know, you know what, I just I need to find some big mountain riding and I, I tested the water a little bit and you know it was it was much more rideable um than I'd had in my head some mm. of the stuff so th- yeah it just sort of spawned from there <laughs> wow crazy yeah crazy so you came up with the idea and who was the first person you mentioned it to it was actually my wife <laughs> mm-hmm. um I'd uh, I'd bought uh, the Monroe map, so it, it's not like a, a detail, a particularly detailed map, but you know it's sort of like a, a map of Scotland, and it's got each of the Monroes marked on it. It's right. sort of like A3 or A2 size, and I walked into the living room with it, and I said, "I'm going to bike every single one of these mountains." And she just looked up at me and she said, "Well, let me know when you're done." <laughs> 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 and it, it was as simple as that and I, I don't know an idea was born and uh-huh. yeah there was just no escaping it and are the maps are the maps got trail markings on them or are, you know have they got walking trails on them or um the os maps there's uh you know there's parts that that do um mm-hmm. a lot of it you know i'll do from there's sites such as Walk Islands and stuff, and they have like walk reports, um, and you you can look at all these different routes and stuff that people have done and are happy to write and post about. Um, but see, between that and sort of an OS map, I'll I'll plan my own route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there's certain areas that I think you know are likely to have some good riding, then you know I'll explore them a little bit. But but most of them, you know, can. Completing the Monroes is is a big thing in this country, and particularly since social media has taken off, everybody seems to be doing it. So in most cases, you know, there's pretty solid trails, um, you know. So mm. like once you get there and you, you've got an idea, and as long as you're keeping your your bearings on your map, you know, mm. then the, the world is your oyster, and you just sort of explore that hill. Wow! Wow! So, what was your first step to making the thing a kind of reality? What you know, it's okay to have an idea and to, to say to your wife you're going to do it. But what made it a reality? What made you actually do the thing, get it started? Just, just getting stuck in. To be honest, um, my two most local Monroes um, are roughly an hour's drive from my house, and they're in uh, Glendall, which is, you know, it, it's just out the back of. Kirimura. it's not far from from Dundee at all um, and I'd done a lot of walking up there and I'd said mm-hmm. to myself you know what I'm going to take the bike up because I'd, I'd also taken the bike up and the last time I'd done it I'd found snow a lot lower down than I'd intended so I'd never managed to summit and then mm-hmm. the next time I was like oh you know the weather was a bit better I'm going to go up and you know I got 
I got my claws into the first two. I was like, oh, you know, like what else is on my doorstep? And, you know, I'm pretty close to Glen Shee as well. And there's, you know, there's nine Monroes that, you know, a really fit person could do in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just started, the numbers started crawling up, you know, just with local stuff, which are easy to do. And, you know, before I know it, it was in my 20s. And I was like, oh, this is actually starting to, to get a bit of traction. And, you know, I'm really enjoying it. And I was starting to wonder what else was out there. Mm-hmm. Um so I'd actually, uh, <laughs> just, I'm really bad for going off on tangents. That's all right. We'll <laughs> so when I, uh, when I, when I used to race back in the SDAs, um, I used to ride for one of the teams that I used to ride for, uh, was Angus bike chain, which is a bike shop based in Arbroath. Mm-hmm. And on that team was Ali Barkin. Um, I think he was, he was a couple of years younger than me. Um, but he's now one of the the tripping fellas guys, okay. uh, with Sam and Joe Flanagan, um, and so we sort of kept in touch as we got older. And you know, obviously, I'd seen how well that those guys were doing, and I'd been speaking to him about it. And he mentioned to me, he's like, "Well, you know, why don't you set up a social media page specifically for the project?" Because at this time, I was only, you know, I was just posting it on my personal page. Mm-hmm. And you know, he thought, you know, there'd be you know a fair bit of interest for people to get involved. Um, and again that picked up traction and he was like why not reach out to some companies and you know see if they want to get on board and I just thought to myself well, why would they be interested in Joe Bloggs riding some bigger hills and, uh, and and I went for it you know and after a fair bit of graft and writing a lot of emails you know companies were just you know they're really buying into the idea and that sort of led me to where I am now yeah it's amazing because it's so different and you know the one thing that Seb said to me about when we were chatting about his magazine on the podcast was that he just won't put anything in the magazine. He looks for different stuff that other magazines yeah. don't cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's exactly what what you're doing, really. Uh huh. So yeah. it's very interesting. Uh well, now and again, you know, I've got a, like, you know, when I think about how separated I am from from the pack and all this adventure riding that's going on now. Um, you know, like completing the Monroes is is quite a big thing anyway. But you know, anybody could do it with a wee bit of grit and determination. And then, I, like, I sort of stand back and I think, how many countries in the world could you ride every mountain over a certain height? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, <laughs> when when I, when I break it down to myself, it's just like this is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly is. It's a unique idea. It's, it's very good. Now, you were talking about getting in contact with companies there, and we'll maybe jump to this now uh, before we get into the rest of your um, your diary there. But So I see you're riding a, a DV8. Yeah, yeah, I ride a, a, a DV8 guide. Yeah, so um, I know Ben, because he was on the podcast way back in episode 15, he was talking about his adventures because Ben, it's Ben and Chris, isn't it? That yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben was on talking about his adventures company and stuff like that. Um, I need to get them guys on to talk about that bike, to be honest. Um, oh, so, yeah. so how do you find the bike? How do you find the gearbox? Right. This is this is a very wild statement, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. It is genuinely the best bike I have ever ridden. Wow. Like, it's just... It's, it's like a fun, <laughs> pedalable uphill downhill bike mm-hmm. like it honestly it, it just fires through everything whatever i point it at you know it'll it just it makes ease of it mm-hmm. i've never ridden anything so grounded and capable like mm-hmm. and, and I, I genuinely genuinely mean that like the, the gearbox um the pinion gearbox like it, it's a work of art you know a, a lot of people the only flaw they can find with it is the weight and the grip shift. Well, the weight, really, when when you think about it and you break it down, all your components that you have on your traditional drivetrain, mm-hmm. really, like, what is the weight difference, you know? You're, you're, you're losing 8, 9, 10, 11 cogs of your cassette. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've still got a chain, um, but, you know, there's no, there's no derailleur hanging off the back. There's... You know, it's just like the the service intervals. Every six thousand 
miles. Yeah, wow. You know, six yeah. miles. Is it 6,000 miles or 6,000 hours? It, it's ridiculous anyway. You know, it's like, you know, and all it is is an oil change on, the, like, the same as your car. Um, like, it, it's it's just sort of one of those fit and forget. Like, it, it, it's honestly it's so good. There is a gear for everything. Um, the, the the first time I took out, the first one I, that I headed for was uh, it was deep in the Cairngorms and um, it, to, to get to this Monroe it's usually right or an hour and a half right um, varying terrain and it, it can be quite monotonous though on some of the stuff mm-hmm. but with with the pinion and on on the deviate in general like I was honestly I just got so lost in what I was doing you know normal bits even where maybe you'd you know get a bit lazy and you'd, you'd jump off and push. There was a gear for what I need at the foot of the hill, and, you know, I'd, I'd had a huge smile on my face all the way. So, <laughs> like, it just, the bike itself, it just, it, it just really excites me. Like, it's just, it's such an amazing bike. Yeah, and it, is it set up for kind of, what's it kind of marketed as? Is it an enduro bike, or is it a trail bike? It, it's marketed as enduro bike. You know, I, I've got it set up, as an enduro bike, you know, capable of the big hits and still pedalable up. I mean, a lot of the weight we need, they, they, you know, they could get it lighter than what I've got it set up. But I've sort of, all my trail bikes, I've sort of run as like mini downhill bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, you know, ultimately that's what I'm doing this for. Yeah, it's great to be able to pedal up, but, you know, if I've got to push an extra bit, you know, because these are mountains after all, you know, so there's a lot of pushing and carrying. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but for me, it's all about the descents. So I'd rather the biggest smile coming down than, you know, sacrificing a little bit of that smile to make sure I could pedal up a bit further, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's cool. And did the Deviate guys get, in, get on board with you behind your, your adventures? or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when, when I reached out to them... Um, Ben was he was really positive about the idea. You know, he just he thought it was it was just a great project, and uh, sort of from the get go, it was something that we're certainly interested in. Um, you know, especially just with, with it being sort of local as well um, to Ben. That mm-hmm. you know, it, it was something that he could really really get on board with. Yeah, no, I I, I can see him really really enjoying that. It's right up <laughs> his his street, yeah. you know. Um, that's cool. And is there any other sponsors helping you out you want to mention or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so on top of DV, I'm uh, I'm kitted out with Terran Wheels. Um, they're a, a company based in Canada. Uh, um, I've got Fun Components. Yeah, yeah, um, I know those all, guys. All, all, all the way through the bike. Um, I've also got MSC Tires. Uh, they guys are creating amazing rubber um we've got in the, in terms of kit there's seven mesh uh, again from canada i've got sub-zero um uk they they sort of help my thermals and stuff mm-hmm. uh use sports they do my backpacks and they're no dancing monkey technology i've got a uh, dirt ledge and they're all weather suit Wow. There is Arge Bike Products. They help me with helmets. Again, I've got um, Granite Design um, for sort of trail side tools and the rock band and stuff. I've got Hookah Bike. Um, they're part of Push Components. So they're for like car, um, hike, helping with the hike a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, X-Force Optics, taking care of goggles. Uh, there's, there's honestly, there's just that many people. Yeah. Um, it's just great uh, works tools as well you know they help me out with a pressure washer so that i can get them get her all nice and clean before heading home again and uh you know so it's it's a long list and i'm very very grateful to be in the position that i'm in yeah no that that's that sounds awesome that so so many people have stepped up to to help you out you know yeah really good really good um so you know you work full-time you're a father and this must be pretty financially sore on you because you're driving to all these areas and everything else um do you even think about how yeah 
I try not to, um, to be honest. Um, it's like financially, it's it's tough, um, and it's sort of getting to that stage where you know, ideally, that you know, I could sort of you know to find some funding, you know, sort of somebody that would be willing to help sort of see it through to the end. I mean, it's something that I'm going to do anyway. But there is, you know, there's there's time constraints to an extent. You know, I've got companies that, you know, that that I've sorry made a promise to, and I don't, I don't want to let down, and also I don't want to let down my followers. You know, I don't want for them to have to wait weeks between sort of, you know, new footage and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, financially, like fuel alone, you know, the, this project cost me three to four hundred pound a month. Um, oh. You know, for a lot of people. You know that's you know that's rent for a, you know a one bedroom flat where I am. You know so it's tough. You know that that doesn't take into consideration anything else. You know so the, the fuel is you know the fuel's the biggest killer, and mm. you know just a time with the family as well. You know if I'm working fifty sixty hours a week and then you know I, I was, I'm away you know the other side of the country. You know sometimes I need to leave the night before just to make it worthwhile, you know, if I've got a four or five hour drive ahead of me, um, you know, so there, there's a two day trip to do a couple of Monroe's, you know, it's, wow. there's a lot of logistics involved, but in terms of the funding, you know, I've, I've on a lot of people's advice, I've set myself up a, a Patreon page yeah. um, mm-hmm. with sort of different tiers um, of subscription for people to get a little bit more involved um and what i'm doing you know of like the top tier there's the the prospect of like group rides and there's merchandise and you know the tier down from that i'll you know people can sort of have a say on maybe where i'm going next there's sort of cut footage and stuff so yeah there's still still a lot of things in the pipeline that i plan on doing and although time wise i'm i'm i feel like i'm getting quite, quite far into this challenge at the same time i feel like it's only really just beginning and there's a lot of big things on the horizon yeah it certainly is exciting now and i will put a link to that your patreon page as well um because people can get more involved that way it's very good so what has your progress been to this point then how many have you completed to date i have done 82 of 282 so uh, you know there's still there's still a, a long way to go um but i think i beat myself up a lot of it is you know I think until I pass that hundred mark, I'm constantly saying to myself, you know, why am I only at this? And but there's, you know, in in the short time I've been doing it, there's been so many holdups, you know, between broken bones and you know my truck was off the road for three months and I've changed job and you know we've had another baby and you know so so the way it's worked out, you know, and my my actual time off the bike, um, I, I reckon hours on the bike i'd say i'd maybe done like two a week consistently mm-hmm. you know since i started yeah yeah and was the broken bone was that uh through the one of the challenges no 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 fortunately i've not been in a situation where i've hurt myself too badly on the hills um that that was work related oh, okay. um accidents always seem to happen at work <laughs> <laughs> you do these crazy mountain descents and then you trip on a, a so tell us a wee bit about starting a ride and what kind of preparation and planning has to go into that um well the, the preparation sort of starts you know generally a week in advance um for sort of your normal monroes for for bigger things like the cooling ridge planning started a few months ago and i'm not intending on doing that until summer next year um mm-hmm. because that you know that there's a lot of planning involved in that um but but day to day um so say even when i when i get back from a ride say on a saturday i'll you know start up, uploading footage and stuff and straight off the back i'm thinking right where can i go next week so for the, for the first couple of days i'll be brainstorming about where i can go i'll try and mix up my rides you know i don't want to stay in an area too much Mm-hmm. because sometimes the scenery and the summits they can as beautiful as they are they could be a bit samey 
you know, mm-hmm. if you know, if I if I'm at the other side of a glen, just you know, two weeks on the bounce, you know, some of my followers that aren't necessarily into Monroe's or into biking might think, oh, you know, he's at the same place sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I try and vary yeah. it in that sense. Um, once I've got somewhere in mind, I'll I'll get the maps out and I'll start planning routes. Um, the best sort of a, a lot of these routes, you know, it's a case of clockwise or anti-clockwise, depending on what I think is going to be the best descent. Because ultimately, you know, that that's what I'm chasing. Um, mm. Sometimes it, it doesn't work out that way. So I've got <laughs> where I'm going. I've I've got my maps. Um, so by Thursday, Friday, there's a plan in place. It's a case of getting all the GoPro and everything set up. I'll get my list out of everything that needs to be in the truck. I'm in the truck with everything, with the exception of my bike. Um, and then Saturday morning, alarm goes at four, half four, up, coffee made, and out of the house by 5 a.m. And wow. And on my my merry way. Wow, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of preparation, that's for sure. And do you normally do this by yourself, Sean? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, when it when it's come to riding, generally, I'm a bit of a recluse. Um, and I don't I don't know what it is like. I I love I love riding with mates, but at the same time, like mountain biking and particularly you know this big mountain riding for me it's an escape mm-hmm. you know like you know you could go to a trail center you know and you think oh i'm going on my bike and peace and quiet and there could be another 300 people at a trail center you know i'm going into these mountains and i can i could easily not see a single soul for 12 hours and oh. you know it's just it's the headspace you know, even even when I don't know that things are bothering me, like I I can go, and I just I feel like it lets it's so much off my chest, um, mm-hmm. you know that I just I didn't even know was there. So I I just I've always enjoyed my own company, um, not in a in a in a weird way. I just <laughs> you know I like peace mm-hmm. and quiet. I'm not yeah. an overly social person. Like I'm not like out and about and like don't get me wrong like you know if people want to talk to me about the challenge and i bump into my hills like i'm not gonna bite them you know i'm very i'm very friendly and and eager to talk about it um but 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 given the chance when when i'm planning it you know i do i do enjoy my own company and Mm -hmm. I i feel as well when when you ride in groups there's that many more distractions you know you spend 80 percent of the time pushing up and chatting and only 20% riding and when I'm on my own it's it's just all about the riding you know when when I'm pushing up like I'm talking to myself about oh how good this bit's going to be and oh look at the views and I just get lost in where I am and Mm -hmm. and and you know as much of it for me like it's just that alone time as much as it has been on the bike it's just uh it's just something I really enjoy yeah, yeah, no, I can understand that. I can understand that for, for sure. And what's the terrain like you encounter? Is it even all rideable? Um, no, no, far, far <laughs> from it. <laughs> I mean, I'd say your average Monroe, um, and this this is a huge, huge generalization. I'd say your average Monroe has probably got seventy percent riding. Uh-huh. Um. And the rest can either be made up of boulder fields, um, which you know even Danny McCaskill had struggled with, or you know there's there's a lot of scrambling, you know, which is you know basically mountain climbing without you know ropes. Mm-hmm. You know there's you know there's there's just uh, and then on the flip side of that you've just got in the wilds these huge huge marshlands. You know there's oh. just the ground is just sodden. Um, you know, and it's just so sparse, and you know nothing can grow there apart from heather. <laughs> that you know, it's just yeah, there's some volatile environments for sure. Um, and you know, but 
I ride what I can and you know some days I go out there and I'm all excited and I and I I get to the summit and I'm just you feel a little bit deflated because you just know that I'm only away to ride 25% of this mm-hmm. 3000 foot and you know that that's a bummer but you know you win some you lose some yeah and yeah. with with 282 to go you know, if I've got a hundred of them that are losers, I've still got 182 that have made me smile from ear to ear. Exactly, exactly. So, do you take any different gear up? What would you take up that you normally wouldn't if you were just out for a ride with mates? Well, the, one of the times that I have actually had somebody join me, um, it was a friend of mine, uh, he wanted to come along and I let him pick them and row and, you know, he'd read a lot about Ben Lomond, which is, a you know, an easily accessible one uh it's really straightforward and it's like 95 percent rideable um and he said to me like oh like what do i pack and i said like you're going for a hill walk with the odd mountain bike spare you know absolutely not like you're going for a bike ride at all you know like when you're going for a bike ride you don't have balaclavas and generally spare socks Two jackets, waterproof trousers, maps, EPS. Uh, I've got got my spares on top of that. You know that that's, wow. that's all I could really advise anybody if they're going to do it is you know prepare like you know you're going to get lost in the mountains with a few bike spares, as opposed to the other way around. <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. So, what about the what about the winter months then? What are you going to do with that? I'm, I'm sure a lot of them aren't doable. Yeah, yeah. There's a you know the winter is a tough time um last year particularly was oh well you know it was it was a nightmare for my project to be honest um i i think in total there was there was three months where i i solid could not get a summit um and in that three months there you know there was a couple of spells where it was possible and i got a, a, a couple of snowy summits um which are extra challenging you know, like it, it just puts a whole other stress on you. Um, one of them there, what was it? I think it was just at the the turn of the new year. I think it was maybe the second of January. Um, I, I went for a summit, and my my old trail bike was actually I can't remember. I think I'd blown the shock, and I I took down a hill bike because I just thought, oh, you know, this is a pretty straightforward hill, and it just it snowed from the second I got there, the entire day. And uh, and like on the way up, there was there was people following in my steps, and we just sort of we took it like an expedition, you know. And we sort of like after a couple of hours, they said, "Oh, you know, do you want us to take a lead?" You know, and just traipsing through three, four foot of snow with a bike oh, on your back that Lord. you know that you're not away to ride back down. It's it's grueling. It really is grueling, and it puts so much dread into me as as I come into this year um because yeah. i'm anticipating it, that it's going to be it's going to be similar um mm. but i feel like i'm going to have a more open mind this year um i've sort of i've kept some more certainly winter rideable hills saved um for when the bad weather hits and i've also uh i'm going to be throwing together some diy ice bike tires Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna challenge it the best I can really, and, wow. and see okay. what I could do. Cool, cool. So, when you're riding the Monroes, what what is the main challenge when you're doing these kind of rides? Is it down to fitness, or what what would you say the main the main challenge is? Um, to be honest, I, I kind of feel like it's you know it's your your mental stamina, uh, mm. moreover your physical. Um, you know, I feel like anybody really has got it in them to dig deep. Um, you know, if you want something bad enough, you're going to get it. And you know, if I'm say at 700 meters on an awful day, you know, the wind's been blowing rain in my face at 50 miles an hour, and and I know that I've I've got all day still in this. You know, for me, like that is the biggest challenge. It's telling yourself, oh, you know, push forward. You're not in any immediate danger. You know mm-hmm. where you are. You know which direction you need to go. Um, and you know, once you start to descend, you know, you'll be able to claw back. 
you know, a, a bit of that good feeling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but for me, you know, when you're at 700 metres and, and the wind's blowing in your face, 50 mile an hour, it's been raining torrentially since you got out of the car. You're you're soaked through, even with with the best equipment that money could buy. You know, you're soaked to the bone still because it's it's seeping in everywhere. It's just that that, that all time <laughs> feeling of just oh, you know what I do to be in the house right now with a coffee, you know, and my feet up. You know, but you've just got to dig deep and and push forward. Otherwise, I'll never get there because this is Scotland and it's always wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, I think with a challenge like that, the fact that you have basically said to the the social world that you're doing it, you have got sponsorship help and stuff like that, mm. and you're doing it. it do you think that actually helps your motivation? Because you, you've kind of then said, I'm doing this, so you just have to go and do it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like having, having you know, the the companies back in and having, you know, all these followers on social media, it really, really spurs me on. You know, like, I, you know, I could be having a bad day myself and, you know, I'm only human. Sometimes I just think to myself, oh, you know what, like, this just isn't for me today. And then I think to myself, you know, like, I'm not just doing, like, I'm doing this project for me, but there's so many other people who are, you know, who maybe can't get into the hills the same way I can, that are sort of living vicariously through me. And it it just gives you an extra little push. And, yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely a good thing to have, um, knowing that, you know, even, even if I have a bad day, that through somebody's eyes, watching it back or reading my blog, you know, they could get at least the enjoyment part of how miserable it may have been for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's it is a crazy undertaking, and as I say, that that article that Andy sent that he done on Pink Bike, the images on that are just unbelievable, and yeah, I can see yeah. when you're in that environment, I can see. You know, you only need a small percentage of that to make it all worthwhile. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And um, before, before me and Andy had done that trip, um, I reckon my record uh, for for clear summits was roughly five to sixty-five. You know, mm-hmm. like I'd I'd be climbing for typically for two or three hours to get to a summit and it's in clag all the way and you know that's just sort of what you expect you know if, if you go out with no expectations like you know it can it can only improve from there you mm. know so if i've gone up not expecting anything and then on the descent even for only a few minutes if everything clears in a way it just sort of makes it more breathtaking yeah, yeah you know like and as 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 bad to say like i feel like i may have jinxed this summer but as 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 great as the sun was for all the months that we had it like it just it, it to an element it takes away the atmosphere of being in the hills yeah um, I understand that. and and so it's nice to have some moody skies and you know to get a bit of rain again and you know, I, I like I like a mixed bag, to be honest. Sun is great, dry is great, but you know, now and again, it's good to have a wet ride, and it keeps you on your toes. and And the hills just, you know, the terrain changes entirely. You know, when mm-hmm. when when the rocks wet or it's got snow on it, or you know, like you could you could ride the same hill in in four different seasons, and you would honestly think that it was four different hills. So yeah. you know. It, it, yeah, so it's, you know it's it's good and it's bad. So yeah, yeah, it's amazing how the weather affects your your views and what you see and where you think you are. Oh, you know, absolutely. You know, it's, there's been there has been scary situations. You know, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, from sheer drops that you know you're you're thinking to yourself, is it good that I can't see the bottom? Or, you know, like, <laughs> to, you know, being on, like, a vast open plateau that you know that you're not going to fall anywhere, but, you know, you feel like you're locked in a white room, 
you know, and it could be it could be ten miles in any direction of nothingness. You know, it just mm-hmm. feels that empty. Um, you know, like the weather. The weather is definitely the hardest part. You know, yeah, to deal yeah. with over the mountains themselves. I yeah, very very understandable. And do you have any phone access when you're up there? Do you have any coverage? Can you get in contact with somebody if something goes wrong? Or um, uh, more often than not, uh, no. To a certain point, and then quite often after sort of six hundred meters, phone reception will come back. You know, sort of once you you sort of climb out of the glen a little bit out of the valley, um, you know things open up again. Um, but beyond mm-hmm. that, you know, I, for anybody else who's you know into big mountain riding, like I can't advise you know like the the nine 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 tech service enough. You know, which mm-hmm. you know gets your coverage. You know, whenever wherever you need it, sort of thing. Um, but beyond that, no, like you know, I don't have, a, you know, a satellite phone or anything like that. Um, I tell my wife where I'm going, the route I'm taking, what time I expect me back. If you've not heard from me by such and such a time, start to be concerned. If you've not heard from me by this time, something's wrong. Something's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just sort of the general, you know, the gist of of what I go by. Um, again, another good thing that you know people do is quite often is these car parks, at, you know, leading out to these hills can be very busy places. So you know, people will often leave route maps and you know the the time they're expected to be back for complete strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because everybody sort of looks after each other in the hills, which is you know always a, a warming feeling as well. Yeah, that's actually a very good idea. I would never have thought of that to be yeah. honest. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, what's your next plan of attack? Where are you heading to next? Um, I'm actually I'm hoping to go out uh, this weekend. Um, again, I'm trying to vary things slightly. Um, so, I'm not entirely sure where I'm going mm-hmm. <laughs> just yet. You know, I've got a couple of different options lined up. Um, so that'd sort of take this weekend, and then me and Andy, I've got uh, another little trip in the pipeline. Um, mixing things up a little bit which will be exciting, we're hoping to do that at the end of October um, as things stand mm-hmm. uh, later on in the year um, it's just going to be a case of far and wide and you know maybe doing things differently, as as the weather comes in, these you know multiple summit like big days are sort of taken off the table and you've sort of just got to go for single Monroe's because the snow and stuff just slows you down so much so I try not to plan too much, at, you know, at sort of this time of the year as it's coming up. But by by spring next year, you know, like I've got a pretty full calendar with maybe even even little side projects and stuff with sponsors. And as I said earlier, I've got the Coolin Ridge um, in the pipeline as well. Um, that's one I'm sort of hoping for funding for at the moment. So it's all a bit up in the air. But yeah, you know, generally i've sort of got a year ahead planned um sort mm. of a week in week out not specifics on where i'm going to go but <clears throat> you know a general sort of idea of where i need to be in this challenge and what i need to be doing and things that i need to be pushing so yeah yeah good good stuff and now i want to just ask you before i let you go um are you enjoying the process so far? Or or maybe I should ask, is your wife enjoying the process so far? <laughs> I uh, I am I I'm loving it. You know, I, I love it when I'm doing it. Um I love I, I sort of the whole the whole project it's sort of like taken over me. Um mm-hmm. you know, like I I'm always I'm always wanting to move something forward with it. You know, if it's sort of trying to arrange projects for later on in the year or sort maybe other sponsors or get guest riders involved, sorting things with photographers, um, keeping on top of the social media, keeping, you know, the followers excited. Um, you know, like there's, there's just always like, so much it's almost like a full-time job you know even on top of the riding there, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes um that mm-hmm. so many people don't see um so 
you know, as if the riding itself wasn't enough to to push my my wife's buttons. There's mm-hmm. everything else that then goes on at home, you know. So say I'll get back at five six o'clock at night on Saturday, and the first thing I'll do is you know I'll see the kids, and then I want to start uploading all all the footage um, and see where I'm at, and then. I'll go, I'll go through all my images and see if I could sort of give people a teaser to where I've been that day and get them excited about the, the edit that will follow in a couple of days. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I forget that I, I come home and, you know, from a huge day or maybe even I've, I left the night before because it was that far drive and I come home and then I'm like sort of stuck in my phone again, like lightning thing to get posted. And, you know, that I know it's tough for her. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, like I'm very much a family man, and family does come first. So I, as much as I want to put on with this challenge, I need to take her thoughts and feelings, and the kids' thoughts and feelings, and being there for them as well. And you know that will always come, you know, first and foremost to this challenge. Um, so you know, at present we've got a sort of not like a rota, but you know, if if we've nothing on, you know, and it was a completely blank space, I'll sort of say, you know, I'll go two weeks on a trot I'll have a week at home with the family and then two weeks mm-hmm. and a week off and obviously it doesn't always work out like that but you know I, I could very easily get lost in you know riding every single week and before I know it like six months have passed and I'm, you know I've not spent any time with my family yeah I know it's there's, there's good and bad so you know it's, to, it's important to find the balance <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah definitely definitely well when it's all done and finished with instead of your wife giving you a present or a prize, I think it has to be the other way around. Oh, right? absolutely. <laughs> I, I, we're not speaking something small. I think it'll need to be a holiday or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic, classic. Well, so how can people best check out and follow your adventures then, Sean, and keep up with what you're doing? The, the best way to, to keep up with me is through my Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you search Grizzly Monroe Diary, is um that you know that that's the best way to find them there's also a youtube page but because i've not got access to a computer at the moment it's not been updated in a long time but you know as i remedy that things will be on youtube um yeah and again if you know if people want to really get involved there's the the patreon page as well um and there'll you know be extras going there and maybe possibly winning some prizes and stuff and you know Mm -hmm. so you know I, i try and keep you know, everybody entertained and everybody involved and we'll just, you know, see where it goes. Yeah, cool. And listen to me, what I would suggest is that you write a book off the back of this. Well, that is, that's also, <laughs> like like I was saying, you know, <laughs> there's uh, there's many plans in the pipeline and uh, yeah. from 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 the very, very start, maybe 15, 20 Monroe's in, um, I'd said to myself, you know, I want to write a, a book on this. And... You know, I think that a part of me, I'm getting into that as I write. You know, as as I look through my past posts and you know my my videos, I've watched my my writing grow with it. You know, so mm-hmm. it used to be just really short and sharp. This is where I was. It was a good day, and now I can find myself getting lost in writing a blog for two or three hours uh, mm-hmm. about my day, and I'm really really enjoying that. So. You know, yeah, that's, that's certainly that's certainly something else to look out for. Cool, man, cool. Well, listen, I'll put all your contact details and stuff on the show notes so people can get easy access there if they wish. Um, but it's been awesome having you on. Thanks so much. It's, it it's, it's been a pleasure. You. Thank you. No problem. And here, listen, good luck for your future Monroe's, and I hope everything goes well, and I hope the sponsors keep giving you gear and getting you up the mountain, you know? Yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much Sean here listen all the best have a good evening you you too thank you bye that's another episode in the bag folks and I hope you really enjoyed it and Sean thanks so much for coming on the podcast and telling us about your Grizzly Monroe Diaries and everything else that goes into such a such a great great challenge so thanks so much for coming on the show man I really do appreciate it now if you want to know more about Sean's adventures you can simply go to the show notes at mtb-tribe.com you'll get links to Sean's socials and some videos and stuff there of what he's doing and it's just easy access to get in contact with Sean so you can follow him on 
socials and stuff like that and I'm sure he would really really appreciate that so folks thanks so much for being here it was great to chat to you on another episode of the MTB Tribe podcast and again if you want to get more involved just simply visit the website mtb-tribe.com all the info's there we are on the social networks of course Instagram and Facebook we are at MTB Tribe so get in contact throw me a direct message and we will get chatting So thanks, folks. Have another great week on the bike. I hope your weekend goes well, and I will chat to you next week on the MTB Tribe Podcast.